0: You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two, episode 34. Contreras and the Cardinals come to town. Don't forget to listen, download, review, most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on the socials, FlyTheW670 on Twitter and Instagram, FlyTheW on Facebook or email, FlyTheW670gmail.com. All right, Crowley, the Cubs were uh, the beneficiaries. They took two of three from the Marlins this weekend at Wrigley. We're uh, Sunday afternoon, we're recording this after the, uh, I don't know, what do you want to call it, a a marathon of a game on Sunday afternoon that did not go the Cubs' way, but let's start with – friday afternoon day game just like god intended as you would like to say justin Steele on the mound
1: yeah we got a couple things uh to kind of take a look at number one justin Steele. what can you say Uh, i thought he had a really really look sharp this start start uh seven innings pitch give six hits one run zero walks four k's he has now allowed two or fewer earned runs and 14 straight starts dating back to july 22nd 2022 He's tied with Max Fried for the longest active run in MLB. It also ties Jake Arrieta, who also did it 14 times, between 2015 and 2016. But that date, July 22nd, 2022, when his streak started, he's posted a 124 ERA. And so it's just absolutely unbelievable. Um, He's tossed six innings or more in six of his seven starts this season. I mean, I know it's only been slightly over a month, Dustin, but this guy looks absolutely like he would be in the all-star game. And and the question you've got to ask yourself is, uh, is he somebody that could potentially start the all-star game?
0: Right. That's where I was going to go, Crowley. Not, not only is he an all-star right now on May the, what is it, the 8th? May the 8th. Um, he is also arguably a potential guy to start the all-star game. And, again, he, what is so great about this is the homegrown factor right it's so long the Cubs have been getting beaten up and rightfully so rightfully so by the way for not being able to develop a homegrown pitcher well I'll tell you what Justin Steele now is the poster boy if you will for a homegrown Cubs pitcher
1: and and one thing that I also love is is his teammates man are just kind of rallying around him it was uh Pretty cool. Uh, Strowman wrote that Wrigley was rocking and Steele is the best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> I mean, I just, and then he, he called him Cy Steele is what he called him. Jamison Tyone, what a day at the park, great pitching, great defense. Jay Steele, 21, got that dog in him. So, you know, the, the, they're loving it. And, and it was good to see Michael Fulmer in that game have a hold and Mark Leiter with the save. So Friday to me, was a, a really good game. That's the game you want to see the Cubs play. Saturday and Sunday, not so much, but we'll get there. The offense <laughs> not the so offense, much. <laughs> the offense on Friday, four runs on eight hits, the biggest a two-run homer by Ian Happ in, his, in the fifth. Uh his fourth of the season. He's been 3-10 with three home runs since April 14th and he's reached base in 28 of the 31 games he played in. Also made a great defensive play in the fourth to preserve the Cubs' one nothing lead at the time. Two on, two outs, Chaz Gisenhall made a line drive to left. Happ made a nice catch on the warning track. And, I, you know, again, this is similar to the steel question. Does it look like Happ can repeat as an all-star and a gold glover after one month? I'm saying, yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Friday afternoon, yes. Friday afternoon, he looked like a gold glover, all-star in left field now as you mentioned a second ago Saturday and Sunday not so much but that was a fantastic play in left field on Friday afternoon
1: yep and and then the big news of the day you had two Cubs making their debut at Wrigley Field Miguel Amaya caught all nine innings and was 0 for 2 scary moment he got hit by a pitch but he's okay I just get nervous with them because of the injury history and then Matt Mervis made his major league debut plus his Wrigley debut He played first and went one for four, recording his first MLB career hit an insurance run RBI in the eighth inning. And and Dustin, the hit was 111 miles per hour off the bat. I mean, he just absolutely, the the guy just
0: hits the He crushed it. You know, MASH, they're calling him MASH Mervis, right? Didn't his old man, didn't didn't the dad have a shirt that said MASH across the chest, right? The, family's loving, the yeah. family's loving it. The family's loving it. I believe his father is going to be a guest on the Parkinson Spiegel show, uh, maybe as soon as tomorrow on the score, but definitely this week. And I thought I thought, uh, thought Marquis did a wonderful job, um, not only with him, but we're going to get to it in the next game with Amaya's parents. And it just really, really did a great job with the storytelling.
1: Right. The thing about Mervis, too, that hit, that 111.2 miles per hour, that was the fifth hardest hit of the season for the Cubs. So think about that. The guy's been here one day and he's already got the fifth hardest hit. <laughs> and it, and you know what? It ain't going to be the hardest one. He'll have the hardest by the end of the year.
0: Yeah. Oh, no doubt about that. Yeah. He's he's fun to watch. A uh, little too many strikeouts. We we had a good debate on Friday morning when we knew that he was um, when he was coming up. And again, he he got the he got the hit. He got the RBI. I just wondered out loud, as usual. I said. If I were in charge of the Cubs, I would have held him back on Friday. I would have started him on Saturday and Sunday. I would have held him back on Friday for a pinch hit situation. I want to make sure his feet get underneath him. You know, he's, he's, struck, out. he's struck out quite a few times so far. But, uh, hey, they, they put him in there. They had him DHing on Friday. What was he batting? Seventh, I believe. Sixth or seventh, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, listen, if you go one for four every game with an RBI... It's going to be pretty good you you, it doesn't matter how many times you strike out if you go one for four every game with an rbi you can live with that
1: not only that the marlins have a lot of good pitching and again that's what i always told everybody is that you know when you want these guys like morel and marvis called up they're not facing this in triple a this is a whole different ball of wax here so there's going to be some growing pains and hopefully you know he he kind of learns to adjust and and that's what we're all kind of hoping for here
0: absolutely yeah he was he was a lot of fun and and, You know we're going to get into it in the next segment, but I'm curious to hear what you thought of when Matt Mervis came up to bat on Saturday afternoon because you were at that game. All right, are we ready, Crowley? So game one, fly the W. We've uh, we talked about that game. Let's move into uh, game number two. That was on Saturday afternoon, as you would like to say, as God intended it. Let's talk about game two. It was also Crowley, the 25th. I mean, we are getting old, man. 25th anniversary of Kid K and I want to ask you about that in a second so don't get too ahead of your skis here. Kid K striking out 20 against the Astros two Hall of Famers in that lineup Bagwell and Biggio the 25th anniversary. I had just started working in Sports Talk Radio part time. I was also cutting lawns for Wiley Quality Lawn Care Okay, out of Elmhurst. And I remember that day, it was like a cold, grayish day in the western suburbs. And it was like too early to cut lawns like full time. So we were like mulching, mulching people's lawns. And I remember we were like, I was like scraping out the back of this guy's truck, Scott Wiley. I'm scraping out the back of his truck, Wiley Quality Lawn Care, shoveling mulch, listening to that game in the rain. So... Uh, him and i texted on saturday remember where you were on this day
1: <laughs> i was i was I, I was in college i was at eastern illinois university and i was coming back to eat some lunch and then i had another class at two o'clock and uh i was i turned on wgn was watching the game and i said this is amazing i'm like he had no hitter going obviously Matt. i'm like well i'm, I'm, I'm gonna just I'm, i'll just kind of wait or wait around until someone gets a hit and then I'll go to class at two o'clock, no big deal. <laughs> Let's just say I never made it to class. <laughs> never made and it to so, class. Yeah. And so I will say this. I went to an event Friday night with my friend Stuart McVicker from Club 400. The Carrie Wood Foundation held an event for their charity. And they do a lot of great things. And the uh, guests of honor were Pat Hughes and obviously Carrie Wood. And the two of them spent 30 minutes kind of recounting that special day. And you know how Pat can spin a yarn and Carrie's really funny it was so awesome to hear that and, and to kind of relive that from the two guys, you know, Pat, who was there and, you know, calling that game that day and Carrie who threw it. And it was just, it was just so nostalgic. It was so awesome to be at that. And then I went to the game on Saturday and the, the man who made the the K signs, there were six. Yes. That's K what I want to ask
0: you about. Day. So that the K sign thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the one who did that, he was my middle school PE teacher and he's my wow. brother's high school wrestling coach. His uh, name was Tom Buzhnowski, and he was just an awesome guy, very influential on me as a Cub fan. And um, he uh, unfortunately passed away, but he, his son, Jake, is kind of taking up the mantle of the you know Cub fan, I Cub mean, so he actually brought a couple of the original Ks from that game to Wrigley Field. And I got to see Jake. It was very emotional. Like I said, the family, his dad meant a lot to me. And... Uh, you know, just everything with the K's and, 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 and that the anniversary of the game. It was really, really kinda awesome to see Jake and and, uh, and I took a picture with Jake uh and, and one of the K signs. So it was it was really cool.
0: Do you have one of these K signs in the Crawley collection or no?
1: I do have one of the K signs. I'm one of uh, the baseball hall of fame has two, the Cubs have two, and then three of us I have one, another guy has one, and Jake has the rest. So I Look do at have you one. passion
0: Look yeah. at you. I, I asked that question blindly. I didn't I didn't know. So, uh, God bless you. All right. So, Crowley, we had Drew Smiley on the mound that day. Let's talk about uh, game number two.
1: Yep. The Cubs with this one, 4-2. And, you know, Dustin, sometimes you get the results are good, but sometimes you worry a little bit about how you got those results. A win's a win, right? But there are concerning trends I'm looking at in this game. You know, the Marlins changed their game plan before the game even started. They decided to go with an opener instead, Matt Barnes, and then make it a bullpen game. So they. I used was seven-
0: trying to figure. I was as a fan sitting on my couch, Crawley, and not crawling all over social media. I was trying to figure out what the hell they were doing.
1: Yeah, they used seven pitchers, including scheduled starter Brian Hoing. He was the one that was supposed to go, but he was the only pitcher to pitch multiple innings, three innings total. But through seven innings, the Marlins' pen gave up one run. And it looked like it was going to work, that plan, because the Cubs, again yesterday and again today, runners in scoring position. In the bottom of the first, Cubs had runners on second and third and one out. But Saya and Cody Bellinger both struck out to end the threat, so you couldn't get a run with runners at second and third and one out. In the bottom of the thirds with two on and no outs, Swanson and Ham both struck out and Suzuki flied out to end the threat. They cashed in a run when Bellinger drove, uh, doubled to lead off the inning, and Matt Mervis, there he is again, drove him in the, uh, his second RBI in two games to cut the Marlins' lead to 2-1. To but then, more runners in scoring position problems in the bottom of the seventh with the bases loaded and two outs, Say Suzuki struck out. a had a rough day at the plate. He went 0-4, two Ks, and left eight runners on base. He would He was supposed to get the day off. He wasn't in the starting lineup on Sunday. Came in later <laughs> in the game. But... Here's the thing that you can also say, is that the Cubs are the comeback kids. They do not give up ever. And that was really the biggest takeaway from this weekend for me. The Miami meltdown in the eighth, up two to one. The Marlins call in their stud closer, AJ Puck in the eighth. He hasn't blown a save. He hasn't gotten a loss all year. He's a lefty and Marlins manager, Skip Schumacher, he wants him to face a lot of the lefties that were coming up. He had Bellinger that inning, Mervis that inning. So it wasn't the ninth inning. He had him come in the eighth. But the Marlins have a really good bullpen, so it looked like a good plan. But then the Marlins' defense completely falls apart. Bellinger leads off and hits a ball that hit off Puck's glove. He picks it up, fires it to first, but Yuli Gurriel drops the throw. So that was one out that that they didn't get there. Then Trey Mancini hits a ball to shallow right, but right fielder Peyton Burdick loses the ball in the sun. It hits him off the leg and goes for a quote-unquote double. Baseball's got to do something to fix things like that. That's ridiculous that they would yeah. call that a double. You're
0: right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right.
1: Runners at second and third. Mervis strikes out, but then Magical hits one to short right and both runs score. And then Burdick throws it way over the catcher's head to allow Magical to advance to second. And the Cubs take a 3-2 to two, three to three lead. And then Miguel Amaya pinch hitting for Tucker. Barnhart hits a soft grounder that goes under the glove of shortstop Xavier Edwards. Magical never stops running. Great hustle. He scores from second, which gives the car, the Cubs a 4-2 to lead. That's it for Puck, and and because of the defense behind him, he was charged with a loss and a blow to save. So the Cubs got their first win of the season when trailing, entering the eighth inning. So they're only 1-11 in that category. Not great. You hope that evens out as the season goes around. But, you know, again, cheers to the never giving up. But... Um, Drew Smiley didn't have it that game either. That was probably one of the few. Short, short, short
0: outing, short outing.
1: He had 30 some pitches in the first inning, but he did grind it out. He went 3.13 hits, two runs, uh, three walks and five K. So he got the no decision, but it snapped a streak of five starts throwing five innings allowing two or fewer runs. But the bullpen was sharp. Rucker went 1.2 scoreless. Keegan had a rough road trip. He went three innings, gave up one hit, and had two strikeouts. He was hitting mid-90s, Dustin, on a lot of pitches that I was, I was watching the speed gun. He looked better than I saw him in a long time. I really liked what I saw to of Keegan in that game. Like I said, after that rough road trip where he struggled and blew a couple saves and got a couple losses. Uh, the other thing I liked, Adbert closing out a game. I thought he looked really, really good.
0: I liked him in that role, Crowley. I really liked him in that role.
1: Ross was asked about it after the game. He would not commit to anyone being a closer in the post-game press conference. So still closer by committee.
0: Yeah, closer by committee. All right, so good news, Crowley. They've, They've won the series, right? They take game one. They take game two. They go for the sweep in game three. Hayden Wesneski on the mound.
1: Yeah, Hayden versus Sandy Alcantara. And if you looked at Sandy's ERA, sometimes that can be deceiving again so early in the season especially for pitchers who don't play every day it Looked like the era era was higher than normal but if you looked at the game logs of sandy he was getting better and better it was a fantastic pitching matchup i think hayden Wesnitsky pitched what i thought was the best game of the season i've been talking about how he's been winning a lot of games but it just didn't look the same to me the results were good but 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 things just kind of looked off this time he went six innings pitch he gave up five hits one run no walk six k's but that slider which is really his bread and butter pitch hasn't looked sharp that was really on i mean unfortunately he gave up a cheap basket shot i thought of you dustin yuli guriel in the fifth (laughs) the as as i tweeted out the basket giveth and the basket taketh Uh, away yes it does but Sandy Alcantara had his best start of the season. He dominates the Cubs for eight innings, gave up six hits, no walks, nine Ks. The guy's dotting the corners, hitting 98 to 100. So I'm not going to get too angry at that situation. I mean, he looked like an ace. And when and look, I got mad in the National Series because it was Patrick Corbin and some rookie making his debut. And, and, a, and a, what was the guy that's from the Cubs from last year that they traded, you know, or the guy from the Javi Baez trade that they had. Yeah.
0: had.
1: You know, it's just garbage pitchers. I don't like when they can't hit garbage pitchers, but Sandy Alcantara is a, a Trevor Williams. That's what I was thinking of. But Sandy Alcantara, I mean, he's a great pitcher and he looked the part today. But again, comeback Cubs, second time in as many days. In the ninth, Alcantara, his pitch count's getting up there, right? With one out half singles. Now to me, I thought Schumacher was going to go to Puck, the lefty, right? Because you got Cody Bellinger, you got Mervis, you got Eric Hosmer, all this, you got all these lefties. So why not go to Puck after, you know, he gave up the hit. Um, Hap singles, and then Cody Bellinger doubles, and the Cubs now trail two to one. And then with the infield drawn in, Hosmer punched one, and the game's tied. So super excited, and and not only that, they came back when they were down one run in the tenth on an RBI single by Nico Horner, and by Hap in the thirteenth. So there's no quitting these Cubs. That's what you say, the no-quit Cubs, man. And and it was I love to see that out of this team.
0: Yep. I, you, listen, that is something that is a credit to David Ross as well, right, and each and every one of those players. But, yeah, the no-quit thing is fantastic.
1: Yeah, you know, when I, I, I know I'm critical of David Ross, and, and sometimes, and this happens with a lot of managers, there's some guys that are better in-game managers, and there are other guys that create – Good clubhouse. They put guys, you know, good accountability. The, the atmosphere is what you need to be. And so, you know, hopefully, like I said, Ross continues to improve in, in the in-game decisions. And that comes with experience. But, uh, yeah, you know, but the one thing about this team that drives me nuts is something I was worried about in the off-season, and some, you know, that they, that's why they look so good in April. In April, especially mid-April, they looked really good with runners in scoring position. Ever since they went to Miami a week ago, Week and a half ago, it hasn't looked this good. First off, I do want to say something, Dustin. I, I complained about that, uh, you know, that not being an error when the outfielder lost the ball in the sun. Right, and and right. the other thing is the balk rule. That has to be the dumbest rule in the game. For those of you that did not watch the game, you know they went 14 innings, and um, it was Al's lie on the mound and a run, runner on third. And he barely twitched his glove, and they called a balk on that. That's not the intent of the rule. The no. intent of the rule is no. is to prevent deception. To like fake like you're going to pitch or do something. There was none of that, and I think that was just ridiculous.
0: Well, I think they were just trying to, at that point, I think they were trying to get the hell out of Wrigley. <laughs> That's what I think.
1: Either way, though, you know, as much as that was a dumb rule, the Cubs were 3 for 20 with runners in scoring position and left 13 on base. I mean, that, that that's the story right there. And with the game tied at three in the bottom of the 10th and the runners at the corners and two outs, Ian Happ popped out, slams his bat on the ground. In the bottom of the 11th, runners at second and third, Mancini reached on a fielder's choice and Happ's thrown out at home. Mervis grounds out to end the threat. In the bottom of the 12th and a runner at third with two, uh, and a runner at third with two outs, Nico grounded out. And in the thirteenth, with runners at first and second, Trey Mancini lined out with two outs. So you had a lot of opportunities. Lots of opportunities.
0: Yep. yep, lots of opportunities.
1: I mean, just with the Manford man, you you automatically have a really good chance. But when you have runners at third and less than two outs, and you can't get it in, that's going to kill you every time. And so, again, this runners in scoring. I I, I want to say that I thought the bullpen looked really really good um, after looking really really bad the last on the on the road trip. Um, the only thing that freaks me out about this game, and I guess the reason I'm so frustrated about it, you used a lot of pitchers out of that bullpen, and, and there's a lot. You used Fulmer for one, Boxberger for one, Merriweather looked, I thought, really good for one inning. Leiter went two inning and continues to look absolutely phenomenal and then advert alzali went three innings and looked phenomenal unfortunately you're not going to be able to use lighter and alzali tomorrow so you you know you're looking for a big start but we'll get into that when we start about the cardinals series but we will
0: get into that yeah
1: all in all a good good series for the cubs to take two of three
0: hey they took two of three you can't complain about that of course we would have liked the sweep